and welcome to the Should I Go See a Podcast. I'm your host, Bill George. With me, as always, AJ Rebecca. What's going on, Bill? What's going on, AJ? How you been? It's been a while. It's been a, quite a while. How you been? I've been great. Just, been up just to? great. Lots happened. Lots going on. Seeing lots of movies. <laughs> you know, the huge. Uh, since the last time we got together, uh, a couple big things happened. Um, the Boston Red Sox won a World Series. True. That's which accurate. is great. Yep. Um, there was a midterm election. Also true. And I think did you like, vote? Did you do your civic I duty? Did, I texted you, Good member, you. and then uh, I texted you, and I texted Craig too, and I said democracy, and I sent a emoji of an eagle and a caw. Did you post it on social media? Because if you didn't, I, the vote actually doesn't count. <laughs> doesn't count. That's a new. That's a new law this year. I don't year. even go there. I don't like what people <laughs> have been doing about that. But that's for a different. Uh, time and place. So today, yes. yes. What are we? What are we doing here? Today we are talking about First Man, ah. directed by Damien Chazelle, starring Ryan Gosling and Claire Foy. Okay. Well, First Man is the story of uh, Neil Armstrong and the legendary space mission that led him to become the first man to walk on the moon on July the twentieth, nineteen sixty nine. Bill, mm-hmm. should I go see it? Absolutely. Now, are you just saying that because you're a diehard, <laughs> red-blooded American? <laughs> the man loves space. <laughs> or because you love space? Sorry, let me, space. let me lay out my my bona fides, my bona fides in this area first. Uh, I did read the book twice uh, that this is based on. I've seen every movie landing documentary uh, that's pretty much ever been made. Uh, if I were to become a historian on a subject, uh, this would be it. So I kind of <laughs> already went in a little predisposed to enjoy it, okay. and it did not disappoint. Uh, Do you love the moon landing so much because it was faked and shot on a soundstage? You bite your tongue, Craig. <laughs> I will throw you is through this window. Is the discovery of that fact what prompted your love for the cinema? I will not even dignify that with a response. I would, I, yes, if you that's keep, all I got. I, See you guys. Like Buzz Aldrin, I will punch you in the face if you keep going. <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Moon landing stuff is like my jam. Okay. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to watch Apollo 13 all the time, even though that was hey, not moon landing. It was a near moon landing, but still. Uh, just the space program in general uh, is one of my favorite subjects. What what gets you so hard about space? <laughs> uh, I guess it would be the, the teamwork, the camaraderie. Like most of the stuff that I like about the space program documentaries and footage is about mission control uh, and the problem solving and the working together sure. and the good old fashioned American ingenuity uh, and the exploration, obviously the, doing something that's never been done before. A, I don't know. It just, it, world it, out there. just it, uh, it, it gets me all fired up. See, I like space. I do. I think it's the great uh, frontier. Uh, I don't think we do enough to explore space. Sure. But when I watched Interstellar mm. in IMAX, I probably should have had like an IV of like <laughs> of like some sort of like Xanax or something because the expansiveness of space kind of freaks me the fuck out, dude. Fair, fair. That's why it's so rad because it's so terrifying. Yeah, it's yeah, just a big yeah. black fucking whole can we can we while we're on that can we pivot to imax for a second yeah did you see this in imax i did so this film in the space sequences was shot in imax and it took up the whole frame including the moon landing stuff and it was just mind-blowing just like you're there unreal however counterpoint sure 
the on earth stuff, Damien Chazelle made a choice to be very like handheld, close up, a lot of close ups, a lot of extreme close ups, shaky cam at times to give it like a very you're there real feel. Like voyeuristic. Yeah. Yeah. And so seeing that in IMAX actually was a little jarring. Oh, and really? Like not the best. Interesting. So it was like a, a tale of two uh, halves of the movie, so basically. Let's, we're going to dig in through Damien Chazelle. That's where we're going to jump off here sure. because we be, both me and you have a huge, we're big fans of Damien Chazelle. Absolutely. Whiplash, La La Land. Now comes this moon landing movie. So there's two questions I have about yep. Damien Chazelle in this whole sphere right now is how does it stack up to his other movies? And we've never seen him take on CGI or something that is not done in real life with practical effects. Yep. And how does he direct those scenes that are so not grounded? I don't want to say in reality because they happen it's for real, real yeah. but you can't just fucking fly in a, a, a airplane <laughs> in outer, outer space with an IMAX camera. So how, how did those uh, scenes stack up yeah. in the directing and how does this movie compare to his other two films? Sure. So I'll take the second part first. Okay. I love it. Which is the, the shooting of the space stuff was actually done very practically. Uh, so I did end up watching some behind the scenes type stuff. I don't usually do that with movies, but, uh, but in this case, because I'm so enamored with the subject, uh, I want to dig in a little bit more. And a lot of the space sequences were shot with, you know, recreations of the crafts on gimbals and then around them, instead of green screen, they used high tech digital projectors to project what would be uh, oh, like in the sky them. at yeah. that time. What so, the when, fuck? so the actors felt like they were actually doing it because when they looked out, they were they were seeing what was there. Obviously, they had to touch up the projection when they, sure, sure, when sure, they, sure, when sure. they took it out of camera and did the edit, but they tried to make it as real and authentic as possible using practical effects. So that was very impressive. So there were no, yeah. there were no real seams at all uh, in any of the space stuff, which was awesome. Here's a funny fun fact and has nothing to do with this movie, but about outer space. Okay. I was listening to an interview with Neil deGrasse Tyson yeah. on the Joe Rogan experience. And he was like, you would not believe how many movies get space wrong. Sure. He said, the only person who's ever called me for my opinion on space, you know who that was? Christopher Nolan? Nope. Damn. Seth MacFarlane. Oh, really? At the beginning of the original Ted movie, it has the outer space and it gradually goes into a suburb of Boston. That's exactly how it would have looked would look. on like Christmas Eve in like 1972 or uh. 82 because Neil deGrasse Tyson did the research to get that right thing for Seth MacFarlane. How weird is that? Neil deGrasse Tyson always ruining people's fun. It's good that they got him ahead of time versus him criticizing later, like I know he did with Titanic and some other stuff. Yeah. When you were telling that story, I thought you were saying that Joe Rogan said that no one ever asked Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck would they? What the hell does he know? Joe Rogan actually Tyson. knows a lot of shit. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse That's Tyson. What you for a All right. Thing. Anyway, back the second, to the first so the, second point. Uh, How's it stack up? As far as filmmaking and quality and all that it's it's on par or better than the other films i mean they're Ooh. so hard to compare because they're so different because you have a a short fictionalized drama then you have a, a musical uh that's kind of you know Over fairy tale yeah. yeah and then you have this which is a grounded biography uh so it's it's really hard to compare them but i mean his 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 ear for musical cues is right on point it's crazy first man yep uh and almost to a fault. I almost felt like the music was a little overbearing uh, at times in First Man. That was like my only real qualm with the movie. 
Um, but he does a really nice job and he does a nice job capturing the book itself. So a lot of people might go into this thinking it's this giant space movie, but it's really, that it has those elements for sure, but it really is a story about Neil Armstrong, the man. It doesn't follow the space program. It doesn't take you in order of what they did. Yeah. So the only sequences of space are what Neil went through in real life, which was flying the X-15 um, in like low orbit, like the supersonic jet, um, Apollo, excuse me, Gemini 8 and Apollo 11. Like those are the three missions that Neil went on. And so those are the three missions you see. Uh, it follows him. It doesn't follow the program at large. Was he uh, an asshole in real life? Neil? Yeah. No, not even a little. Because I remember the tra- watching the trailers and I was like, why? What makes me kind of look like a fucking dick. So he's he was very much uh, introverted. He's a very quiet guy. Uh, he would always think before he spoke and a lot of times just kind of listen, do a lot of listening. Yeah. Uh, and so he can he came across sometimes as very cool and very calculated, mm. even in the home life, which that's there's a scene in it where Claire Foy, who plays Janet Armstrong, is telling Neil that he has to tell his kids, they have two sons at that point, that he might not come back because he might not come back. Yeah. Um, and Neil doesn't think that way, but she says, you have to sit them down and tell them. So they have like a dinner table, like family meeting. Sure. Where he has to say, I might not come back. And he is super matter of fact. And maybe that might sound, maybe come across yeah, dickish, yeah, yeah. but it's really just how he was. And I've seen interviews with the sons now and they talk about what that was like in real life and what he was like in real life. Wow. And they say he did have a sense of humor that wasn't caught in the movie too, too much. Um, yeah. But Ryan Gosling does such a great, Yeah, great, let's talk about the acting. Yeah, so Gosling does this understated performance, which is unfortunate in the sense it won't, it may not get the attention it deserves from the Academy because when it comes to the Oscars, you can replace the word best with most and that tends to win like most yeah. acting versus best actor. And it's not very showy, so it's not going to get that. But when you look at the subtlety of it and you having read the book and having seen countless interviews with him and kind of getting to know him by proxy, you can see how realistic the portrayal is. And so I really appreciated that. Um, so I was and he ask just you, does a really, really good job with it. Is it, a, is it. Does he do a good job impersonating Neil or does he do a good job portraying Neil? No, I think in this case, he really embodies it. So it, the spirit is there. Uh, he's not, I guess that's partly on the fact that Neil doesn't have, um, Neil's not so outgoing that there is like a particular thing you can latch onto and impersonate. Sure. Uh, but he does a great job just embodying that. And then the other thing, speaking of like Im- uh, imitations, the movie uses lots of actual audio uh, and lots of transcripts from the actual missions. So for instance, when they are landing on the moon and Neil is communicating with Capcom, who in this case, Capcom is the capsule communicator in Mission Control who talks to the astronauts. And oh, it's, it's not like Capcom like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Capcom creator yeah, no, of Street yeah, Fighter yeah, yeah, yeah. and Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> yeah. And no, Mega Man? No, Sonic the Hedgehog? No, no, no. No, that was Sega. I'm sorry. Yeah. Capcom did uh, Mega Man and I'm getting off topic. Anyway. Capcom is a capsule communicator. They're usually a, a, uh, an astronaut themselves sure. and they communicate with the astronauts. So in the case of Apollo 11, it was Charlie Duke. So Neil and Charlie Duke are communicating during the landing, right? In the movie, they have Ryan Gosling re-record Neil's parts, like the transcript, as similarly as possible. Yeah. But then they use the actual Charlie Duke audio. Oh, so he's, that's 
So they're using all wild. the actual stuff from Apollo to, again, create as realistic a pos- depiction as possible of the moon landing. Great. So, And as someone who, again, have I've heard that audio a zillion times because I've seen all the documentaries, I was like, that's it. That's, that's crazy. That's real. Um, so really, really, the attention detail, the acting, the sp- throw in the, the spectacle of the space sequences, like it's just great, great, great movie. Great. Well, I mean, I assume that it's going to get a couple Oscar nods. Oh, for sure. Nominations, absolutely. Whether it wins anything, it's hard to say. We'll have to see what the rest of the sort of the prestige season brings with it, yeah. movie-wise. It's also got, it was a little softer in the box office than than I think they anticipated. Yeah, I was going to say, how, how did it do? Not as well. I think it was pretty much to projections, maybe a little bit less, but uh, it didn't draw the attention that I think um, they would have. I mean, critics all adored it, uh, and I'm sure the Academy will to a degree as well. But it's not going to have that groundswell of support because it just didn't. It's not like it made a sure. million dollars, which is un- unfortunate. Um, but for me, it felt like it was a movie that was made for me, so I loved it. Great, thanks, Bill. All right, well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Should I Go See It podcast. Please make sure to follow on Instagram at Should I Go See It. 